Ladies and gentlemen, in the red corner, hailing from the state of Nevada, representing the steam and wise guys, it's the always feared Vegas Odds Maker! And in the blue corner, the crowd favorite from South Florida, Mark Winning Picks Lawrence! And now, let's get it on! Against the spread, Winning Picks with Mark Lawrence! Welcome back, everybody. Once again, this is Mark Lawrence along with Victor King, and we're all set to go against the spread on this week number seven of the National Football League season, week number eight in college football, as we're nearing the halfway point on both seasons. With that, I want to welcome in our co-host, Victor King from King Creole Sports. Victor, how was your week overall last week? And can you believe where we're at almost halfway through this 2021 football season? I know, you know, we're uh, both of us here, we're still off that rush that we get after delivering each week's newsletter. I know you just wrapped up the Playbook newsletter a couple of hours ago, and uh, myself, the total stip sheet earlier today on Wednesday, and that usually causes a little bit of rush, but uh, it's a nice relaxing feeling knowing that uh, at least that particular publication is out of the way for the week, and we want to get it, of course, to the customer's hands as soon as possible for us. Still having a hard time gaining ground or, or, or in the NFL in terms of totals plays, but that's definitely not the case in college football. We got a good handle with the college totals plays last week. Our uh, over of the week in college football was a Maction affair, the Middle American Conference, in which we had Kent State and Western Michigan over the total. They set the bar really high for us at 67 points. But we did not even worry about it. We cashed it uh, with five minutes to go in the third quarter. Uh, the Golden Flashes and the Broncos combined for 95 points, well over 1,000 yards. Final score was 64-31. to 31. Uh, Truly a good uh, game to be on the over of the week. So we're doing okay in college football. The NFL, that'll come around as long as we continue, I believe, to trust the process, believe in your database and uh, keep performing the hard work. We'll do just that, Victor, because we're only, like we say, about halfway through the football season here, and a lot of college football teams are beginning to formulate and uh, like where they are, and some don't like where they are. And with that, uh, let's get on to the topic here of the week, and if we can, and that will be about which teams are benefiting the most from the college football transfer portals and the new rules and regulations that were put in place for allowing super seniors to return this season here. So that in mind, Victor, how do you see it shaking out? Which teams have been to the plus and which teams perhaps have suffered from the new rules in college football this year? Well, who, you know, who knew definitely uh, when they announced this earlier this year that they would uh, give every player an extra year of eligibility, every senior, uh, as if the 2020 season did not even count, not to mention the transfer portal as well. But it was actually a game-changing decision, and for a handful of programs in college football, Mark, it was a uh, turnaround uh, decision. There are definitely some feel-good headlines for some of the teams that have definitely benefited. Number one I'll throw out there, how about, what about Wake Forest? 6-0 and for the first time since 1944 for Dave Clawson's bunch, and they have the most super senior starters of any team in college football. Again, we're talking about guys who are potentially fifth-year seniors, sixth-year seniors, even seventh-year seniors. 
There's a seventh-year senior young man playing for the University of California that was playing when Jared Goff was the quarterback at California. And that's a long time ago because he's already on his second NFL team. But that's what uh, has benefited from some of these super seniors and particularly the Wake Forest number 16 ranked team, 6-0. and There's good times in El Paso these days, and they needed Mark as well for UTEP. You know, in a four-year period from 2016 to 2020, nine total wins for the Miners. However, 6-1 and one this year. They're in a battle with UTSA for the Conference USA West Division. And a feel-good story definitely out there in El Paso, as is in uh, Michigan State as well, ranked number nine, a perfect 7-0. and You know, Mel Tucker had a rough season last year, five double-digit losses for the Spartans. He is now on the short list for the College Coach of the Year, thanks to a fantastic turnaround with a lot of help from the transfer pool, definitely. Uh, what about a team like uh, Baylor jumping back into the top 20 this week? We talked about how COVID-wrecked or COVID-wrecked they were last year in 2020 when they went 2-7. and seven. Now 6-1 and one on the year, ranked number 20. Two big home wins for the Bears against top 20 opponents this season. And you know, there's a reason that uh, Dave Aranda was the highest-paid coordinator at LSU because he's a fantastic defensive play caller. They're now top 20 scoring defense there in Baylor. So there's a handful of programs there that have definitely benefited either from the extra year of eligibility, the super seniors, or the transfer portal, Mark. There sure are, Victor. And there's some under the radar type teams that have benefited here as well. Some of those teams that you really don't think about but are all of a sudden making a lot of noise this football season. And I think one of them that comes right to the top of my list is UTSA, Texas San Antonio. Uh, who was as deep as any team was in all of college football this year from all what they had welcome back as far as returning starters and returning production in their rankings are concerned. And our returning production rankings, we featured those in the Playbook Preview Guide magazine last year, and they were comprised by Bill Conley from ESPN, who's the college football guru over at ESPN. He did a terrific job putting those together and allowing us to use those and print those. Uh, you can find those, by the way, on the Playbook website. Uh, just go to playbooksports.com forward slash RPR, all capital letters, RPR, Returning Production Rankings. You can see exactly who was who brought what back this football season here. And, and number four on that list this year was the Roadrunners from UTSA, who, by the way, have a perfect 7-0 and o on the season this football, this football season here, having a great season. In fact, they're just one of 11 undefeated football teams thus far this football season here. And I would maybe go so far as to say another team that's benefited a lot from the transfer portal, the super seniors, and uh, all the returning production that's come back has been maybe a little under the radar Ole Miss, Mississippi, from the Southeast Conference. The Rebels are 5-1 and one this football season here, and they rank number 20 overall on the RPR rankings coming into the year. So Lane Kiffin inherited a lot of experience coming back this football season, and it's paid off, uh, obviously, quite well for him. Uh, another team that uh, I really thought was the best team in the Pac-12 conference until they uh, laid an egg last week was Arizona State. Uh, they're 5-2 and two right now in the football season here, but I still think that uh, they're going to be a football team that's going to be hard to beat moving forward. Arizona State ranked number f- uh, in the top 10 overall in the RPR rankings. On the flip side of all this, the football teams that maybe didn't or weren't able to take advantage of those rankings 
Uh, the team that was uh, the dead last team in all the FBS teams was Northwestern. They ranked number 127 out of all the teams coming in this year. And for them, unfortunately, uh, the season's pinned out that way for them. They're only 3-3 three and three on the year. You can see maybe that's not terrifyingly bad, but they were also the Big Ten West Division winners last year, and their offense has been rather marshmallow-like this football season. And I think the last team that is uh, arguably disappointed from not only their performance this year, but they were also ranked number 104 on the list this year was the Clemson Tigers, who were really beat up by losses. Not only did they lose players to graduation, they lost a boatload of players in the National Football League draft, talented players, and that's really come back to haunt Clemson thus far this football season here. So if you get a chance, check out those RPR numbers they're located, like I said, at playbooksports.com forward slash RPR. You get a little bit of better handle, if you will, on what's going on and what's happened so far this college football season here. One other quick thought, Victor, um, as far as college football is concerned, uh, there were some new teams that entered into the top 25 poll this week, five of them, five first-timers entered the poll this week. And uh, what I generally like to do with these are play against these guys that haven't been there for a long time because they're up on a cloud and that cloud kind of, like the clouds up in the sky, they kind of move and vanish and disappear. And so too do these football teams because they're elated being where they are. The five teams that entered the poll this week were uh, Auburn, Baylor, Pittsburgh, Purdue, and UTSA, Texas San Antonio. From that list, two of them will play this week. Pittsburgh, minus a three-and-a-half-point favorite against Clemson, uh, and UTSA, laying points at Louisiana Tech this week. In the third one, there's three of them playing this week, is Purdue. They're taking three from Wisconsin. So see what happens to those three teams playing this week. I'm going to say that uh, we have a better chance of cashing two out of those three tickets by fading those teams than we do winning one out of those three football teams. So see what happens with our new guys, the new kids in the block inside the AP Top 25 poll this week. You're tuned in to Mark Lawrence against the spread, the nation's most popular sports handicapping talk show. And Victor, let's switch over to the National Football League side of things, where uh, I know you got a review of uh, some things that have gone on. I do know this, that home teams have not fared well in the National Football League thus far this football season here. We laid this out in the Playbook newsletter this week, and uh, especially when they're awful lost, these football teams have really, really struggled so far this football season. Uh, those numbers, exact numbers, I think uh, we, we wrote it up in the Cleveland Browns write-up with the Cleveland Brown football team. That's really, really more like a mash unit these days. But NFL football teams that are at home coming off a loss thus far this football season. Uh, or let me put it more specifically here, okay? Uh, NFL football teams yeah, at home off, uh, off of a loss are really, really struggling this year. They're only 7-14 and 14 to the spread when both teams are coming in off the loss. Uh, that's going to be a case in the Cleveland-Denver football game. That's why we called it out there. And I know, Victor, you've got a gripe. There are some money burners in uh, talking about those home teams here, but you've got a big-time gripe as far as the National League is concerned this year. First off, I've got some dog numbers for you, and in fact, I've got the opposite side of that Denver-Cleveland game, which lines up perfectly with uh, your write-up in the newsletter and what you just said as well. Uh, but dogs last week, uh, not a good week straight up, 4-10. and 10. Not the best week, ATS, 6-8 and eight on the year. 51-43 for underdogs. 
Like I mentioned, it's the road dogs that have profited going 33 and 21 on the season. That is 61%. There is a 9 and 0 road dog angle that applies to two games this week. And again, this is basically the counter or opposite side of what you just mentioned. And it's any road dog playing off a straight up an ATS loss versus opponent off loss. It's gone 9 and 0 this year. The two road dogs who qualify this week Denver plus the points against Cleveland, like you mentioned. And also the Jets plus the points against the Patriots, again, in that 9-0 and angle. But uh, you know what's got my, uh, my, my few hairs up in a dander is uh, the bye weeks, Mark. And my, my gripe is that the NFL screwed up not once, but twice this year in regards to these bye weeks. I know a lot of the fantasy football guys out there are scrambling this week. In fact, in the fantasy football world, they call this week Bimageddon. You know, Armageddon, bye week, Bimageddon. And that's because there are six freaking teams taken off this week in the NFL. And everybody is uh, scouring furiously their waiver wire, trying to pick up players with six teams off this week. And some good teams as well, like Buffalo, Dallas, uh, the Chargers. So there's a lot of scrambling going on when it comes to fantasy football. I know in one of my leagues, I'm missing Josh Allen and Justin Herbert, two quarterbacks I'm definitely one of those guys who are scrambling. But, you know, the NFL could have avoided this. There's no reason whatsoever to have any week of the season in which six teams take off because of a bye. The NFL has three weeks during the byes in which only two teams are taking off. You think we could have built in one or two of this week's teams into that particular week? Like next week, week eight, there's only two teams off, Baltimore Ravens and the Las Vegas Raiders. You could have taken two of this week's six teams and threw them in the next week. Or you could have done it in week 11. Or you could have done it in week 12. Massive screw-up. There's no reason to ever have six teams off in the NFL. It makes our pool of handicapping that much more difficult when 20% of the games are taken off the NFL schedule, right? So that makes it more difficult for handicapping the playbook newsletter, more difficult for betting, more difficult for working on the total tip sheet newsletter. And not only that, Mark, but there's no reason to have bye weeks as week as week as late as week 13 and week 14 as well. I know it's a 17-game season, but that's way too late in the year to be having bye weeks. You know, there's some fantasy football playoffs that begin in week 13 or in week 14, and there's going to be four teams off in week 14. There's going to be four teams off in week 13 as well. Again, a total screw-up. Not once, but twice in regards to these buys. Number one, no reason to ever have six teams off. Number two, you can't take the bye weeks all the way uh, into the month of December either. No, you can't do that. Uh, you know, so they're they're doing an unjust job as far as scheduling these teams on bye weeks is concerned. And uh, I know from the top to the bottom to the people that bet these games weekly to the fantasy people that get real serious about their football fantasy pools. <laughs> It has a big, big reaching effect in football games like that, and uh, uh, maybe the National League needs to get National Football League needs to get their uh, act tightened up a little bit here, especially as far as that is concerned. Uh, and one other comment here is uh, this is from our good friend Jeff Kabasiak up in Canada, and uh, you know he's always throwing some ideas at us for some topics and subjects to hit on and talk on the show. And one of them is the fact that uh, as handicappers. We bet on numbers, and we don't bet on teams. And it's kind of strange to say that, but we do. Uh, you know, we don't fall in love with uh, team trends. Team trends support statistics, and team trends support 
our handicapping style systems and angles and situations. But the one thing we never want to do is to get caught up on falling in love with the team uh, because that could end up leading to the poorhouse real quick. Uh, you can see how football teams can start out one way and go south real quick. There's two teams in the National Football League this season that started out like a house of fire, went 3-0, and and they've gone 0-3 their next three football games. And people who uh, tend to fall in love with teams like that also end up in the burn ward doing just that. So it's critically important when it comes to handicapping football games, and I love doing this in our midweek alert newsletter, uh, especially now that it's out there and we've got a few games under our belt, but it, I, I basically put tape over the names of the teams and look at what they've done. It's like looking under the hood in the engine of an automobile and seeing how that engine is purring, what it's doing, not looking to see whether uh, whether it's a was a, a Ford GT or a, a, a Monster Dodge or a Camaro. It's not the engine, and or not the, not the type of the car or the vehicle. It's how it performs and how it hits on all cylinders. That's real, real important to, uh, to be concerned about when you're handicapping football games. Don't fall in love with teams. In fact, wrap your arms around the team statistics and the league statistics and make that your starting point when it comes to handicapping games moving forward. Sort of my little uh, my little right. di- dish, if you will, on the handicapping football games, but that's one thing that I found to be most comfortable. And as we get near the halfway point of the National Football League season, and more now than ever, the teams have games under their belt. It's important to follow that criteria. With that, we're going to take a brief break here. Uh, when Victor and I come back, we're going to move on to our college football game of the week. We've got a dandy in tap in the Big 12 Conference. We're going to do that in our NFL football game of the week when we're back with more here on Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. The only football newsletter in America devoted exclusively to NFL over-under totals. The Totals Tip Sheet is a must-read if you're serious about adding extra income to your bankroll this football season. Get exclusive insight on the overs and unders from Victor King, the NFL Totals Guru, and enjoy the winners. You're listening to Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. Now, back to the action. Welcome back, everybody. This is Mark Lawrence along with Victor King, and we're going against the spread on this week's college and pro football card, and it's time for our featured college football game of the week. And we've got a beauty on tap inside the Big 12 Conference when undefeated Oklahoma State invades Iowa to take on the Iowa State Cyclones. Victor, how do you see a battle between these two Big 12 teams shaping up this Saturday? You know, when we were talking about potential uh, Game of the Week candidates, not a heck of a lot jumped out. There are no games this week, in fact, pitting two teams ranked in the top 25. But this is a good one here. The Cowboys against the uh, Iowa State Cyclones here. The line opened five and a half. And we're right around a touchdown as we record the podcast here on Wednesday afternoon. The over-under line open at 47. I'm seeing a couple of 47 and a halves out there. It appears to be making a small move on the over. And uh, I don't blame them. I kind of like the uh, value of the over in this particular game myself. Now, we'll say this. And we touched on it very briefly last week when we talked about Mike Gundy and his Oklahoma State program that surprisingly... They are uh, doing what they're doing this season with a very, very good defense. They've been one of the top under teams in college football this season, going 1-4-1 and one over under. That's uh, one over, four unders, one tie. Average line, 53.2. 
average score in Cowboy games, 46.0, and that means an average margin of more than a full touchdown a game. Their average game has gone under by minus 7.2 points per game for the Cowboys. With that improved defense, Iowa State's pretty much a middle-of-the-road over-under team. The Cyclones are 3-3 three and three over-under on the year. Average line, 50.3. Average score, 50.0. Very, very small margin, negligible. We will, uh, however, note this in regards to Iowa State. They went a perfect 0-3 to the under in their non-conference games. However, in their three conference games thus far against Big 12 opponents, all three have gone over the total for the Cyclones. And by a nice hefty margin of plus 8.5 points per game. Based on the um, score and the uh, over-under line, the implied score in this game is right around Iowa State 27, Oklahoma State 20. That's our target for both teams in regards to scoring. The series, let's see here, four of the last six meetings have gone over the total. Decent number, 67%. What's What's more significant, though, is the average between these two teams. The average game has uh, combined to score 70.3 in that six-year period. These two teams have hooked up in multiple shootouts in the past. In 2016, 69 points. In 2017, 91 points. And as early as 2018, 90 points. Three out of the last four games in Ames have gone over the total with an average of 75.7 points per game. Now, I know that we have two rush-based offenses here, but we still have two quarterbacks who can toss the rock, and Spencer Sanders of Oklahoma State, he comes in with a QBR of 129.2, and of course, Brock Purdy of Iowa State, even better at 159.5 in a QBR. And one other thing, each team's defensive strength is definitely defending the run. Iowa State only allows 2.8 yards per carry on the season. That is outstanding, and that's ranked number eight in the entire country. And Oklahoma State is not far behind number 12 in the country, allowing only 3.0 yards per carry. So obviously you know what that means. It stands to reason that this week's outcome will rely on the arms of both quarterbacks. We like the value at 47.5, and we're going over with the Cowboys taking on the Cyclones. High-scoring football game this Saturday between the Cyclones in this football contest and the Cowboys goes over the total in the Oak State-Iowa State matchup. Like I mentioned earlier uh, on our intro to the show, Oklahoma State is one of only 11 undefeated football teams thus far this football season. Head coach Gundy has done a terrific job with this football program when he's on the road against undefeated football teams. This is the role he'll, uh, I should say, when he's on the road with an undefeated football team, and that's what he'll be doing just that when he takes on Iowa State this week. Uh, in his career with the Cowboys, he is 20-6 and six straight up and against the spread in this particular role, including 6-1 and one straight up and 7-0 and oh to the spread the last seven times Mike Gundy has taken an undefeated team on the road coming into this football game. The last three wins by Oklahoma State have been impressive, to say the least, just given the fact that all three wins came against ranked football teams. Those are three legitimate wins, and this Oklahoma State football team is probably more legitimate this year than they've been in many, many past additions. Mike Gundy also 10-3 and to the spread the last 13 times as a road dog, including 2-0 and straight up and ATS this year. 
take a look at the Iowa State side of this football game. Uh, they're sitting here behind Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, and Baylor inside the Big 12 standings right now. It's a football team that many feel are better than their record indicates, and they most likely probably are just that. And as you well know, I'm a huge Matt Campbell fan, and why not? He's 67-42 and 42 to the spread in all of his football games on the college football level, but he's only 7-13 and 13 to the spread when he takes on an undefeated football program. 0-4 when he's been favored in those football games as well, by the way. Iowa State is one of only eight teams this year that have out-yarded every football opponent they've played, so their stats are obviously better than their uh, win-loss record indicates, and along with that, they rank number three in the country in total team defense, allowing just 250 yards a game. I'm going to be on Oklahoma State in this football game because of this from my well-oiled machine, and basically what it tells me is that 6-0 and are better road dogs in college football that are coming off a straight-up and point-spread win and are now double, or I should say single-digit dogs, taking less than 10 points. They're 9-2, and straight-up and 10-1 and against the spread. That's the role for Oklahoma State when they take on Iowa State this week, and I'll grab up the points with the Cowboys for my side in that big Big 12 football contest. Don't go away, guys. When we come back, Victor and I, we're going to tear apart our NFL game of the week. We've got another divisional beauty on tap in the AFC conference. We'll do that, and we'll hop off to Vegas to get the Vegas vibe from our good friend Andy Isco. When we're back with more here on Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. All new Playbucks tokens are here. Earn rewards and get up to $100 in free Playbucks tokens to use as you choose. And with your Playbucks tokens, you can use them for Playbook Experts picks and selections. Plus, you earn 20% in free bonus tokens when you do. If you haven't got your $100 in free Playbucks tokens, do so now. You're tuned into Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. And now, let's throw it back to Mark. Hey, everybody. Once again, this is Mark Lawrence along with Victor King as we go against the spread on this week's College and Pro Football Cards. And it's time for our NFL Featured Game of the Week. We're going to hop over to the AFC North Division when the upstart Cincinnati Bengals invade Baltimore to take on the Red Hot Ravens. Victor, this should be a heck of a showdown game on Sunday between Cincinnati and Baltimore. How do you see the over-under faring in this contest? You know, some say that uh, Tennessee versus the Chiefs is the game of the week. I disagree, at least from a uh, one-loss percentage perspective. We got a 5-1 and one facing a 4-2. and two. Both teams are a combined 9-3 and three on the season. It truly is the NFL game of the week. Baltimore now the number one team in the AFC Conference, and kudos to Cincinnati. They're tied for number two, along with uh, Buffalo's 4-2, and two, Tennessee's 4-2, and two, the Chargers and the Raiders 4-2 and two as well. The line, Baltimore right around a touchdown favorite in the game. The over-under line opened at 48-and-a-half. It's come down to 47. That's a pretty significant move considering the lines have been out, what, 48 hours or so. The implied score in the game is somewhere in the area of Baltimore 27, Cincinnati 20. Baltimore pretty much a split down the middle team in terms of over-under results at 3-3 over-under on the season. Average line, 49.3. Average score, 48.8. We will note, though, that the Ravens' first two games of the season went over the total, and their last four games have gone one and three over under. Now, Cincinnati, on the other hand, has been one of the better under teams in the NFL this season. That is not a surprise. They're one and five. They went over the total in game one against the Vikings, 
And remember, that game only went over the total because of overtime. And each uh, of their games uh, from two through six have all gone under the total. The average mar margin in Cincinnati games this season has been minus 3.0 points per play. In regards to the series history here, both of last year's meetings went over the total. They were decisive Baltimore victories both times. Baltimore won 27-3 to in a game in which the over-run line was 51. They also won 38-3 to in a game in which the over-under line was 45 points. So significant Baltimore wins and unders last year. Now what we'll notice in terms of each team offense is when we're looking for totals, Mark, we're always also taking a look at NFL pace of play when it comes to offenses. And we do have actually two of the slower offenses in football taking each other on in this particular game. First off, in offensive seconds per play, in the average, the NFL is 27.5 seconds per play on offense. Baltimore is at 29.2 seconds per play. That's ranked number 26, a few seconds higher. Cincinnati is the slowest offense in the NFL, averaging 31.4 seconds per play. It basically means that they're using 31 of that full 40 seconds that you get when an offensive play clock starts, and it's one of the reasons that Cincinnati is 1-5 over under on the season. Also, in plays per game, offensive plays per game, the NFL averages 64.0. Baltimore slightly slightly above it, 67.0. But Cincinnati way down on the list at only 58.8 offensive plays per game. Again, I mentioned the season series. We have some unique scheduling uh, scenarios behind this game as well. As Baltimore has now played their third consecutive home game. Not only that, but they're actually in a stretch here where they're going to be playing four home games in a row with a bye week sandwiched in there. And Cincinnati is in the middle of a three-game road game in a row streak as well. So we've got some unique scheduling behind the game. And looking at the database, it's telling us to go low. Uh, teams in the second of three straight road games have gone 2-9 and nine over under the last four years. That applies to Cincinnati. Division teams playing in their third straight home game have gone one and five over under in the last seven years. That applies to Baltimore. Uh, I mentioned Baltimore has a bye week next week. This is out of the database. Division home favorites of greater than the point before their bye week have gone one and eight over under in the last four years. That applies to Baltimore. I know both teams scored a lot of points last week. You might be a little concerned. In fact, I think both teams scored 34 points last week. However, in the last five years from the database, home favorites of less than 10 points have gone a perfect 0-8 over-under when both teams scored 34 points last week. And finally, I know both teams are off big, huge wins as well. Margins of 28 and 23 points. This also applies again, 0-7 and over-under, last four seasons, game 15 or less, when both teams are off a straight-up win of 21 or more in their last game. So we basically have two of the slower offenses in the NFL. It's in a division game. It's got a mid-to-high over-under line. Logic says we go under, and that's what we'll be doing when the Baltimore Ravens take down the Cincinnati Bengals, get your line in at 47 before it goes down even further. Victor looking for under 47 for his play in the Bengals-Ravens football game, the matchup of two division teams that obviously know each other quite well. 
I was mentioning uh, at the beginning of the show, uh, I may have shared this with Victor, I'm not quite sure, but uh, a stat I came across was very interesting to me. Uh, what I found is that last Sunday in the National Football League, the average margin of victory for Sunday's games was 15.4 points per game, which means that there were a lot of blowouts and obviously teaser players were blown out of the water as well because when games fall to an average margin of more than 15 points a game, you're simply not going to cover teasers. I don't know how that's going to fare in this particular football game, but I do know the Baltimore Ravens are on a real nice winning run right now since they lost at Las Vegas in their season opener in overtime this football team has won five consecutive games in a row. Also coming into the contest here, if you look at the numbers in the midweek alert, Baltimore has held three of their last four opponents to season-low yardage marks, which means the defense is complementing the offense, which makes Baltimore a very, very viable team in the AFC at this stage of the football season here. Another quick note that Lamar Jackson for Baltimore is having quite a year once again this year. He's never lost a football game in the month of October as a quarterback with the Baltimore Ravens. He's started nine games. He's won all nine of those football games. The Cincinnati Bengals come into this football game. A surprising stat with this team here. They're one of only three teams in the league that are 100% perfect in goal-to-go situations this year. Every time they've been in a goal-to-go, they've scored in those particular games. We'll see whether or not if it happens this week against that tenacious Baltimore Raven defense. It'll be interesting to see if indeed it does happen. Unfortunately, only the New York Jets have a higher interception rate than do the Cincinnati Bengals this football season here. Uh, This is a football team that there's only two quarterbacks in the National Football League that have two touchdown passes in every game they played so far this year. Patrick Mahomes and, you guessed it, Joe Burrow, who's beginning to blossom right before our very own eyes thus far this football season here. Now that he's got an offensive line that's coming to play, coming up a little bit better for him. But now that the Bengals are 4-2 and two and only one game behind the Ravens, they've caught the attention of everybody inside this division. They're not going to be an under-the-radar type team that goes in and either hangs a number or pulls an upset here. They're going to get the full focus of everybody they play, especially inside that AFC North division. I'm going to get to the center, to the Baltimore Ravens side of this football game for one primary angle. We put it in our Playbook Football Newsletter and our good friend, handicapper Jeff Hockman, who is on the JH Sports line on our Playbook uh, Experts site, shared this with me, and I will put it in the database. And these are the numbers we found. This is a really, really good angle in this contest here. What is basically, Victor mentioned the Ravens are locked in what amounts to a four-game home stand because of the bye week after this third of the first three that they're in here against Cincinnati. NFL home teams in the third of three home games in a row in the regular season who have a bye week on deck are 11-1 and one straight up and 10-2 and two against the spread, and that goes all the way back to 1980. That's a pretty strong number for the Baltimore Ravens in this football game. I'm not going to step in front of them this week with the upstart Bengals. I'll lay the points with Baltimore for my side in this football contest. And with that, let's hop out to Las Vegas to check out the Vegas vibe from our good friend Andy Isco, who joins us each and every week from TheLogicalApproach.com in Las Vegas. Andy, I know you're enjoying the football season this year, and uh, I know, uh, as we mentioned to Victor earlier on in the show this week, we're approaching a midway point, at least in college football. We'll be getting there soon in the National Football League. So all in all, how would you grade this 2021 football season from a performance and expectation level? 
Well, Mark, I've been very pleased with the way the season has uh, unfolded, both in the NFL and in college football. took college football a little while to, for me to get, uh, I guess, it, into the right rhythm. Uh, the NFL has been pretty st- steady since the start. A uh, little flat the last couple of weeks, but nothing uh, that I'm concerned about. And, of course, right now, as we are re- recording this podcast, I'm watching uh, Game 5 of the American League Championship Series. I love game fives when series are tied two apiece because the winner of this game it has the ability to advance in game six, whereas the loser faces the end of their season with elimination. So it uh, looks as though we, uh, we've got a best of three series coming up. And depending upon what happens in the National League game, we may have a similar best of three series coming up to decide the two teams that will play in the 2021 World Series. Yeah, it's a great time right now, Andy. You mentioned watching the Major League Baseball playoffs, the National Football League, college football well underway. We've got the NBA starting this week. The National Hockey League got off to a pretty good start this week as well. So if you're a hockey, baseball, any kind of sports fan, and you like wagering on these games, you are right now what they would call in pig heaven, enjoying it all as we are right now visiting with our good friend Andy Isco from TheLogicalApproach.com in Las Vegas. I want to encourage our listeners to, if you haven't done so yet, log on to the website and download Andy's outstanding weekly football newsletter. This week's newsletter, he delves into whether or not NFL home dogs are still a winning bet. Were they ever a winning bet? Was it a myth? Andy breaks it all down in this week's Logical Approach newsletter. Check it out by logging on at thelogicalapproach.com. You'll do yourself a favor when you do just that. And with that, Andy, I want to check in with you to see how things are shaking out in the contests in Las Vegas. I know uh, the action has been kind of fast and furious, and a lot of what happens in these contests, I I guess a lot of it depends upon whether it was a favorite or whether it was a dog week in the National Football League. It kind of split down the middle last week. So how did you see things shaking out at the two major contests in Las Vegas this past week at the Superbook and the Circa Contest? Okay, Mark, first let me uh, mention, because I have gotten some inquiries, on, on the LogicalApproach.com website, only balance of season subscriptions are available. If folks would like to get an individual week's issue, they are available by single copy at the Gambler's Book Club, and they have an internet site that uh, folks can visit as well. Uh, getting now to the uh, major contest, let's start with the Super Contest, the longstanding Westgate Super Contest, the two main contests they have there, the Super Contest Classic and the Super Contest Gold. Looking at the Super Contest Classic, where there were slightly under 2,000 entries this year, $1,000 entry fee, pick five games a week. Coming into last week, the consensus of the top five plays, 12, 12, and 1, exactly at 500. The consensus went 3 and 2 this past week to improve the overall consensus to 15, 14, and 1, a little bit above 500, but if you've been playing the five consensus plays, you're still not overcoming the VIG at 15 and 14 uh, up and down. Uh, the top play last week was actually one of the two losing selections, and that was the Cleveland Browns in their home game against Arizona. Interestingly enough, uh, over uh, uh, 43%, 841 of the 1959 entries that were submitted uh, picked Cleveland, the number one selection of the week. So not quite half the field, but a pretty high percentage. Uh, that was uh, one of the two losers, as was uh, the Los Angeles Chargers. The, two con- the three consensus winners, Green Bay, Dallas, and Kansas City. Over to the Super Contest Gold. That is the winner-take-all $5,000 entry fee. That 
uh, consensus also was 12-12-1 going into this past weekend. And as with the con- the classic contest, the consensus was three and twos. Again, one of the two losers was the Cleveland Browns. That was the top selection in the contest. 48 of the 87 entrants who are in the $5,000 winner-take-all gold picked the Cleveland Browns, 55.2% of the entrants on Cleveland. The other loser, the New England Patriots. The three winners for the consensus, Jacksonville, Green Bay, and Minnesota. So as a result, Super Contest Gold consensus also 15-14-1 for the season. Looking at the standings, the 87 entrants in the uh, Super Contest Gold, the one leader is at 29 and one for a total of 20 and a half out of a possible 30 points. That's a 68.3% winning percentage. Three are a half point behind at 20, another at 19 and a half, three at 19, and three at 18 and a half, with just two games behind uh, with still uh, 11, 12 weeks actually to go because we're just through uh, week six. Uh, 12 of the contestants of the 87, that's just under 14% of the field, hitting at 60%. Looking at the main contest, uh, there are five tied for the lead with 23 points. They are uh, either 23 and 7 or uh, 20, uh, uh, what would it be, I guess, uh, 22 and uh, 22, uh, uh, 21 7 and 2, uh, which would get them, or 22 7 and 2, which would get them to the uh, uh, 30 points. 76.7% winning percentage for the leaders in the Super Contest Classic. Uh, one half point behind is one contestant, 11 more at 22. 8 at 21 and a half, 16 at 21, and then it steadily increases as you go down uh, the field and didn't. Didn't get to the final tally for how many are hitting 60%, but we're all talking, we're already looking at uh, about 30 uh, contestants, a little over 30, who are hitting at 70% so far out of the 1,900, and I think it's 72 contestants. Turning to the uh, big contest uh, that has overtaken the uh, super contest the last couple of years, the Circa Million Three third year of existence, 4,087 entries. Uh, the consensus going into last week, 15 and 10. Good week for the consensus as those selections went 4 and 1. Uh, however, as with the Westgate, the number one selection was, in this case, the lone losing selection. Uh, the Cleveland Browns ended up with uh, uh, the number one most, as most, most popular uh, selection, followed by the Green Bay Packers, which was a winning selection. The Dallas Cowboys, a winning selection thanks to the touchdown rather than field goal in overtime at New England. The Kansas City Chiefs, the fourth most popular, was a winning selection, as was Minnesota, the fifth most popular uh, winning selections. All of those uh, five selections, by the way, more than uh, uh, 1,100 select, more than more than 1,100 entries on those five selections, which equates to a little bit more than 25% of the field uh, liking the top five selections. Uh, Cleveland, the number one selection with nearly 1,700 of the 4,087 contestants uh, picked uh, uh, Cleveland in uh, last week's uh, uh, contest. Uh, as far as the standings go, the leader, uh, this, is, this is really remarkable because I believe the leader actually has the maximum allowed three entries and I believe is in the top 10 with all three entries, including the lead, 26 and 4. That's 26 out of a possible 30 points. One point for a win, half point for a push, no points for a loss. 86.7% leading the way. 
almost a third. Well, actually, it is a third in week into the uh, 2021 season. There are two contestants, a point back at 25, five more at 24, all the way down to a total of 182 contestants at 21 points or more, which equates to a 70% winning percentage. That's 4% of the field, 4.5% of the field hitting 71% through six weeks. 1,061 of the 4,087 or 26% of the field hitting 60% or better, which is 18 out of a possible 30 points. So the contestants as a whole off to a very, very good start. And again, just to give you some idea of uh, how, uh, how the money is distributed in this contest as far as the contestants go and the sharpness, uh, despite the fact that favorites enjoyed such uh, an early uh, week last year, last week, uh, we saw uh, of the five top consensus, three were winning favorites, one was a losing favorite, and uh, the uh, Cowboys, uh, I'm sorry, four were winning favorites, and the Browns uh, were uh, uh, the uh, losing favorites. So no underdogs amongst the top five selections last week. And that's contrary to what uh, a lot of folks, though, uh, believe is the way to go. As, we, as you mentioned earlier, my newsletter dispels some of uh, that myth. Let's turn now to the Survivor Contest. That's the winner-take-all, uh, $6 million guaranteed, 4,080 entries, so almost a $2 million overlay. Coming into last week, 2,268 contestants uh, remained alive, 44 were eliminated this past week, leaving 22-24 remaining. That's 54.5% of the original field. The top seven selections, and remember, you can only use a team one, so here we are. Everybody was forced to use their sixth different team last week. The top seven selections were all straight-up winners. The Colts, uh, over half of the field took the Indianapolis Colts, 1,185. The Rams, next most popular at 385, followed by the Steelers, Chiefs, Packers, Bengals, and Buccaneers. Of the 44 uh, entries that were eliminated, the most were on the Denver Broncos as uh, they hosted the Las Vegas Raiders and their interim coach. 19 entries eliminated with Denver. Seven were eliminated with Miami over in London against Jacksonville. Cleveland's upset at the hands of Arizona cost four entrants uh, their uh, their their continuity in the contest. Detroit uh, was uh, eliminated with uh, two people. Buffalo on Monday night uh, was eliminated with uh, two entrants selecting that team. And again, surprisingly, 10 contestants, maybe they were unaware that they were uh, still alive in the contest, but 10 entrants uh, did not select a pick. And by the way, the way that the contest works, when you go in to make your selection, the the teams that you have already picked are shaded out, so you can't pick them again. So it's not a situation where somebody goes in there, makes a pick, and didn't realize that they had already picked them. You are not able to pick a team that you already lose, so that makes it very difficult to understand uh, how uh, there would be that many people who did not submit a pick, but that's not been a unique situation. So that's the survivor selection. As I mentioned, just over 54% of the field still remaining. And this, again, the 18 weeks in the NFL season for the 17 games, two additional weeks, Thanksgiving and Christmas, makes this a 20-week contest, the Circus Survivor. And one little bit of, of word that people may want to start considering as far as planning out, it's easy to plan out when you might want to use certain teams in certain spots, but you also might take want to take a look at the 12 teams that you would most likely not want to have to choose if possible. Now that we're a, a, a third of the way into 
the regular season, almost a third of the way through the contest, uh, that kind of planning, working your way backwards, and also looking at the teams that you might want want to play would be the uh, uh, a, a, a good way to approach the balance of the season. Review of what's going on in the contest in Las Vegas, a little in-depth view on the Survivor Contest as that begins to heat up. Quite a few participants still left in the Survivor Contest, 2,224 as we head into this particular weekend. And Andy, before we get to your complimentary play on the football card this week, if you would, I know our listeners would love to know what the advanced lines on next week's NFL games are as put out by the Superbook in Las Vegas. Yeah, these uh, lines, Mark, come out every Tuesday, and they are for the week following the upcoming weekend, which actually begins on Thursday. So, for example, uh, this will be Week 7. The game on Thursday night between Denver and Cleveland will begin Week 7. You can actually bet on both sides and totals for Week 8 that the Westgate has put up uh, as of uh, this past Tuesday, uh, October um 19th. The Thursday night game next week, a very, very compelling and intriguing matchup. Green Bay at potentially unbeaten Arizona. Arizona, a three and a half point home favorite, and the total 52 and a half. Turning to Sunday, October 31st, Miami will be at Buffalo. Big revenge game for Miami, who lost, earl- lost earlier in the season 35 nothing at home to Buffalo. Buffalo, a, an 11 and a half point home favorite. The total. 49. Carolina will be at Atlanta in an NFC South matchup. The Falcons favored by two with a total of 48. Philadelphia will be at possibly still winless Detroit. Eagles favored by three and a half with a total of 49 and a half. Another rematch game, this one in the AFC South. Tennessee will be at Indianapolis. The hometown Colts favored by two and a half with a total of 49. The Rams will be at Houston to take on the Texans. And you'll have to go. uh, There are very, very many occurrences in uh, the database to see this huge of a road favorite. But the Rams, 14-point favorites at Houston with a total of 45 and a half. The Cincinnati Bengals, three and a half point road favorites at the New York Jets with a total of 45. A, A big game between Cleveland and Pittsburgh in the AFC North. They did put a lineup on this game with Cleveland, a two-and-a-half point home favorite and a total of 45. Haven't checked to see if this line is still up there because subsequent to sending out these Week 8 numbers, it was known that Baker Mayfield would not be playing in Thursday night's game against Denver. So often when that occurs, any future games that are on the board often come down until status for the following week is known. San Francisco, a three-and-a-half point road favorite at Chicago with the total of 43. Seattle at home. Favored by three against Jacksonville, the total 43.5. New England Patriots at the L.A. Chargers. Chargers favored by six, total of 47.5. Washington at Denver. The Broncos at home favored by 4.5 with a total of 44.5. Tampa Bay at New Orleans. Another NFC South matchup. Tampa Bay, a four-point road favorite with a total of 50. Uh, Sunday night. Uh, on October 31st, Halloween Eve, as the kids are trick-or-treating, you'll be able to watch Dallas at Minnesota. The Cowboys, two-and-a-half-point road favorites, total of 51-and-a-half. And on Monday, November 1st, the New York Giants at the Kansas City Chiefs. Kansas City, a 13-point home favorite with a total of 54. Let's go with a review of the advanced lines in Las Vegas for next week's National Football League games courtesy of Jay Cornegay and the Superbook in Las Vegas. 
And Andy, before I let you go, I know our listeners would love to know what you've got on tap this week. I know last week you used an underplay in the Rams football game. That game either pushed or won. I put you down for a win because of the time you put it out. We could have won that football game. With that, Andy's now 4-1 and one his last five weeks in his complimentary plays on the football card on the show. And Andy, a drum roll, if you will, your play this week. <laughs> well, I'm going to – I don't often play – uh, large favorites, but this is a week where I'm going to one of those large home favorites, and that's the Green Bay Packers at home against the uh, Washington football team. It's somewhat of an ideal spot for Green Bay, considering they are coming off of two road games, and they are about to embark on two road games. Uh, it's a very difficult situation, but it means that this is only their, this will be their most favorable situation over a five-week stretch. They're coming off of road wins, a uh, tough road win uh, at uh, Cincinnati in the Battle of Missed Field Goals and then followed that up with a nice uh, win over the Bears last week. And then they've got uh, upcoming games, including this uh, this next week at Arizona. Uh, this is a play as much on Green Bay, who has been absolutely brilliant with uh, five uh, uh, straight wins uh, since that opening loss embarrassment uh, in Jacksonville to the New Orleans Saints. And things have been functioning well. The defense has shown improvement uh, since the start of the season. Aaron Rodgers in fine form. They're going up against a Washington team that has been disappointing in many aspects. Number one, uh, Taylor Heineke has not shown the progress that it was thought that he might show after that great showing in the playoffs last year, nearly knocking off Tampa Bay uh, before falling in the in, in their opening wild card game, uh, and then getting the start at the top of this season with Alex Smith retiring, etc. Uh, he really sort of has plateaued, and that might even be a little bit generous. There is some talk that uh, the Washington team may be in the market for uh, some of the potential trade uh, possibilities at quarterback, uh, which is an unsettling situation. It doesn't figure to get all that much better against the Green Bay team, whose defense is actually better than some of its season-to-date number uh, number show. At the same time, the Washington offense has had its moments, but not very many of late. And again, that goes back to the play of Heineke at quarterback. Right now, I'm seeing largely nine and a halfs available on Wash on uh, Green Bay. So, looking for a double-digit win for a Green Bay team that knows that this is going to be the most winnable. Of the next three games, they they are probably thinking, or at least outsiders would be thinking, that we're, they're really not going to be ch- challenged in the uh, in, in the NFC North with Minnesota, likely the second best team, and then a drop off uh, to Chicago and certainly to Detroit. But you know, a loss here uh, would certainly hurt them as far as their next two games, which are certainly losable games on the road against quality football teams. So all of a sudden, 5-1 and one could be 5-2, five, 5-3, five, five, uh, or certainly even with a win here, they're still looking at possible uh, losses. So this is their most favorable situation really in the last five weeks, even though the last two wins on the road were against uh, uh, lesser opponents, although Cincinnati's starting to make a name for itself, certainly defensively. Nonetheless, I'm going to go with a double-digit win for the Green Bay Packers this week and look for them to take to the road with a nice, comfortable lead in the NFC North, staring at six and one, or at uh, at six and one at, the, at that point, possibly facing uh, some challenges. And we'll see what happens with Arizona because if this is a loss for Arizona, that might favor Green Bay. But they're not thinking about that game right now. They're thinking about the Washington Football Team. Andy Isco on the Green Bay Packers this week, one of what might prove to be a couple of popular plays in the Survivor Contest this week. There's a couple of double-digit favorites that if players and 
haven't used those particular teams. They may be springing them this week, the Green Bay Packers being one of them against the Washington football team. Andy, a great job on the show once again this week. I'm going to wish you the very best of luck, as always, and we'll look forward to visiting with you next week here on Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. Thanks, Mark, and once again, good luck to you and all the listeners. Let's all have a, uh, a great weekend. I love the sound of that. Thank you, Andy. That was Andy Isco joining us from TheLogicalApproach.com in Las Vegas. And don't go away, guys. When Victor and I come back, we'll put the final wraps on the show. I'll share with you my awesome angle of the week, my complimentary play, and Victor King's complimentary play as well. When we're back with the final edition here on Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. If you haven't seen Andy Isco's The Logical Approach Football Newsletter, then you owe it to yourself to download this week's newsletter in time for the football games this week. Check out the new issue every week at TheLogicalApproach.com. See what winning football information is all about at TheLogicalApproach.com. We're going against the spread with Mark Lawrence after this. Attention sports fans, it's time to get in on all the football action at mybookie.ag. This industry-leading website is renowned for having the best odds and more betting options than any other sports book online. Get the odds you want and the fast payouts you need, guaranteed. That's mybookie.a as in Apple and G as in games. Tell them Mark Lawrence sent you. Only the biggest. Only the best. Only at mybookie.ag. Sign up today. To put a final spin on this week's show, let's do what Mark does best, his awesome, awesome angle of the week. All right, guys, let's get to it. Our awesome angle of the week in college football this week, we call the angle 17 up. And what we're looking to do is to plan any college football home dog with 17 or more returning starters that's coming off back-to-back straight-up and point-spread losses if they're playing with revenge against an opponent who allows 20 or more points per game if the home dog was away and the away team was home last week. So these changing site plays involving a college home dog with 17 or more returning starters coming off of being bit two games in a row, both straight up and against the spread seeking revenge. By doing just this, we are 20 and eight against the Vegas line. That's since 1990. That's a 71% winning angle. Our 17 up play this week will be on the Toledo Rockets as he dressed up as a home dog in the Mid-American Conference this week. And with that, let's hand it over to Victor King from King Creole Sports to find out what Victor's got on tap this week. I'm sure we'll hear a little bit about what Tuco's doing this week as well. And Victor, if you would, let our listeners know what you've got going at King Creole Sports this weekend. Sure do, Mark. Before we get into that, we've got one more a question from our buddy Jeff in Canada. Of course, we consider Jeff our resident playbook guitar man. He's from Edmonton, Alberta. And he asked me to run a query in our database in regards to the very unique situation that our hometown Miami Dolphins find themselves in in this particular week. That situation being a team who played in London who must play in the very next week. You know, normally these teams who play an international game, particularly across the pond, they come home and they have a bye week coming up next, right? Like two weeks ago when Atlanta played the New York Jets in London and both teams came in and played their bye week, or they took the week off because of their bye week. This is a rare situation for Miami to be expected to play the next week after that long international trip. In our database, Jeff, it's only happened 24 instances in the last 15 years. 
but underdogs playing with no rest off a neutral site game like the Dolphins have gone 2-7 and seven against the spread, including 1-5 ATS when playing off a loss. Uh, the reverse side of that, we took a look at Atlanta's side. You got a team who is playing with rest off a neutral site game. And if this doesn't seal a deal, I don't know what does. 7-0 ATS in the last eight seasons. All favorites of less than four points playing with rest off a neutral site game that applies to Atlanta this week, who is a small road favorite against our Dolphins. Again, it does not bode well for our cute little aquatic mammals down here this week. I would lay the points, Jeff, with Atlanta in response to your question there. And before we get to our free play, uh, we've got a couple of big overs this weekend, both in the NFL and in college football. NFL over of the week will be available on Friday at the playbooksports.com website. In addition, we'll be posting our four-star college football over of the week. Again, the last two weeks, those have gone very, very well for us, and that'll be available again on Friday as well at playbooksports.com website. And for our free play this week, Mark, we're going to give the ball to Monkey. We're going to let her run with the ball, and she's going to be going under the total in the Texans-Cardinals game. We're talking the only undefeated team left in the league That would be the Arizona Cardinals, but let's be frank. They're undefeated because of their great defense, not necessarily their offense. Their offensive numbers are the same as they were last year. It's their defense. Now the number two scoring defense in the entire NFL, allowing only 18.2 points per game. Their defense has improved by five full points compared to last year. This is the reason that the Cardinals are still undefeated on the season, and I won't bury the lead here. This is right out of the database. Undefeated non-division home teams in game five or greater. They've gone a perfect 0-11 over-under. Last five years, when the over-under line is greater than 45 points, that applies to the Cardinals, who are also pegged as huge home favorites, anywhere from 16.5 to 17.5 points. That's big. This also favors the under. 7-26 and 26 over-under last five years. Big non-division home favorites of 13 or more points when the over-under line is 52 or less points. That applies to the Cardinals. On the flip side, uh, we're certainly aware that Houston has allowed a lot of points as of late. And in fact, their last three games, the Texans have allowed 40, 25, and 31 points. However, that puts them in good company for underbetters, that is. 3-18 and 18 over-under last three years. For game 15 or less, road dogs of four or more points after allowing a combined 90 or more points in their last three games. That applies to the Texans when the over-under line is 52 or less points. The Texans, of course, were beaten by 28 points to division rival uh, Indianapolis last Sunday. Here's a 1-12 and out of the database. For any underdogs of greater than five points off a straight-up division loss of four TDs or more, that applies to Houston and sealing the deal we got to look at some of these individual team trends the Cardinals whenever they're laying more than six points at home they've gone one and 15 over under over the last five seasons so big chalk Arizona at home laying the points we always go low the Texans three and 15 as road dogs of greater than six points when the over in line is 50 or less There you have it. Monkey is going under with the Texans and Cardinals. The late afternoon kickoff. 
That's Monkey's free play of the week. And don't forget this week, we've got a couple of nice overwinners, and they'll be available at the playbook.com, sportswebsite.com, in addition to the playbook newsletter, the midweek alert newsletter, and, of course, the total tip sheet. From the kennel, <laughs> Monkey goes under the total in the Arizona-Houston game on Sunday for the complimentary call on the football card this week. And be sure to check out all of what Victor's got going on this week at playbooksports.com. All available this weekend online, like I say, at playbooksports.com. Before I get to my complimentary play on the card this week, a quick note that our friends at mybookie.ag are once again offering a double first deposit bonus. Simply log on at mybookie.ag, use the promo code playbook, and they will double your first deposit. That's mybookie.ag for a double first deposit bonus when you log on today. And a quick note that I'll be releasing my NFL Revenge Play of the Month this Sunday. Our preferred picks late phone service, it comes directly from that. We are 22-12 and 12 overall on the season this year. We had a bit of a rough week last week. We lost a couple of games that we can argue about, but nonetheless, they didn't come up for us. But we are 22-12 and 12 overall this season. You can score with our NFL Revenge Play of the Month with another $75 weekend of college and pro football winners and any Major League Baseball plays I use simply by logging on at playbooksports.com or giving my office a call toll-free at 1-800-PLAYBOOK. You'll be glad you did. My complimentary play on the football card this week, we're going into the history book and we're going to play the Clemson Tigers plus three and a half points when they take on the Pitt Panthers this week. As we noted in the Playbook Football Newsletter, this marks the first time in 64 consecutive regular season games that Clemson will dress up as an underdog this week. In fact, the last three times they've played the Pitt Panthers, they've been favored by 20 or more points in all three of those football games, and they scored 52, 42, and 42 points in each of those contests. The line in this football game before the season began in Las Vegas was Clemson minus 13 and a half. Now we're taking three and a half points. That's a 17-point swing on the line. All because of what? Because Clemson lost by seven points to Georgia in their season opener. They lost by six points to NC State, and they're four and two on the season this year. Garbage. I'll play Clemson plus the points against Pittsburgh for my complimentary play on the show this week. And that's going to put the final wraps on this edition of Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. I want to thank our co-host Victor King from King Creole Sports, our good friend Andy Isco joining us as he always does each week from TheLogicalApproach.com in Las Vegas. This is Mark Lawrence reminding you to always remember to bet with your head, not over it, and good luck as always.